Where the hell have you been, soldier? Training, sir! Training, sir! What kind of training, son? Pizza training, sir! Welcome to episode 66 of Drew and Sam Talk Training. I am Drew Helmholtz with Better Than Yesterday Consulting. And I am Sam with Fowler Consulting. And in today's fabulous episode, we're going to talk about the power of telling ain't training. How's that for dropping the title right at the beginning, Sam? I like it. Lucas, give us some Tom Petty. All right, Sam, last episode, we talked about a lot of what I'm doing around inventory. This episode, I think I'd like to uh, put you on the hot seat and let's discuss how it is that you're helping uh, the folks here in Salt Lake. So would you explain your observational leadership training to folks? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, you and I, we both have curriculum and we both do workshops. And for me, those are the easiest things we do because I've got an agenda. I've got material. I've got things I want to get through. We make it interactive. We go on some tangents. Hopefully we make sure that it is relatable to the people in the room. What I've been spending my time here in Salt Lake City is always the most terrifying for me. And that's what I call observational coaching. So I'm going to either be in a restaurant or I'm going to be with supervisor and I'm going to observe what they do, look for real-time coaching opportunities, and then jump at it. And the reason I say it's most terrifying is not because I don't like doing it or not because I don't think I can add some value. It's you just never know what you're going to see or if you're going to see anything at all. And the second part of that statement just is never true. You always see something. Regardless of how good or how many opportunities somebody has, there's always opportunities to get a little bit better. So I'm, I'm not sure why I have that fear. It's one of those irrational, I'm scared of bridges type of things, I guess. Uh, but anyway, um, so that's what I've been doing. I've been spending a lot of time with three of the supervisors here in Salt Lake City and doing observational training. You just hang with them side by side and we go out and... And we we see what's what and then we sit down and we chat about it. So you hop in a store and you throw an apron on and you're just doing that, right, Sam? Well, I mean, there's a little bit of doing when push comes to shove and the rushes in the heat of the battle. But the more important thing is while you're doing and and for those of you that have been making pizzas for more than five minutes, you understand that you can make a pizza while observing other things. The trick to this observational coaching is making sure that you're remembering the things that you want to coach. And I think for me, what makes it the most effective is finding a good sense of timing. And what I mean by that is in the middle of a hundred pi hour, I don't want to coach them on something that's going to take some time and some mental thought, but I absolutely want to hit it when we're through the rush. And you know, as, as I say that out loud, some of the observational coaching I've been doing is, you know, I think the very best leaders have just got a very keen sense of awareness. They see things without even thinking about it. They see somebody wearing jeans if you don't allow jeans or that the shirt's not untucked. And they see everything because the tasks they're doing are almost mindless. 
I, I mean, I think most people that listen to our podcast could probably make a large hand tossed pepperoni pizza without even thinking about it and do it in under a minute and it would meet rim size portion placement bake. What the great leaders do is blindfolded there. Yeah, maybe even blindfolded. <laughs> While they are making that great large hand tossed pepperoni pizza that meets rim size portion placement bake, they're also keenly aware of everything that's going around in the store. Their head is on a swivel. They're listening to the customer interaction at the counter. They're checking every driver as they come in and out for lit car top signs for uniform image violations. Hey, have you made your drop? They're doing all these other things. If you're new to the game and you don't know how to make pizzas yet, or you're still learning, then you know, you're going to be focusing on that. But as we're doing this and we're going through rushes and I'll see something that the supervisors didn't, I'll say, Hey, did you notice that? And then they'll go to correct it. And I'll say, Nope, not right now. This isn't the time. I just want to make sure that you're building this awareness so that you can correct it after the rush. Right now we need to clear the screen. We need to get pizzas out the door, but we absolutely need to take care of these other things. And the thing I've been really fortunate with on this trip to Salt Lake is all three of the supervisors are very sponge-like. It's heartwarming for a trainer when the person you're tasked with, Andy, I'm going to use your words right now, to be their support human. It's great when they take the support for what it's worth. And typically when I'm coaching people, especially since I'm an outside vendor, you know, you and I both, Drew, we're, we're consultants. We are hired. I tell people at the beginning, listen, you don't work for me. I, I don't know everything. I know things based on my experience and I'm going to tell you stuff. And then it's up to you to filter through that coaching and decide what you want to implement. You don't work for me. You don't have to do everything I say. I'm going to tell you everything I see and I'm going to tell you anything the way I would do it. But the way I would do it is not the be all end all. It's not the only way to do it. There's many ways to lead. There's many ways to get a Domino's pizza store to run the way it's supposed to run. I'm going to share with you my four decades of experience and what I've seen work with, with high level operators. And I've been really, really fortunate that all three of my humans that I've been their support human, Amber, Andy, and Kent have been very open to coaching. I, I mean, they just, they stop in their tracks and they listen to everything you say. And it, it just makes the coaching experience so much better. What I hear you saying is that you're working on their reticular activation system. Yeah. 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 Hey, hey, Mel Robbins, there you are. You're RAS. Yeah. And if you have no idea what a reticular activation system is, go to either one of our websites, buy the book High Five Habits by Mel Robbins, or listen to the episode where we talked about it. But yeah, their reticular activation systems, I think are are getting keenly aware of the things that are going to help them run these Domino's pizza stores the way they're supposed to be run so that we can get a great return on the investment here in Salt Lake City. You mentioned something, right? There's there's a timeliness to coaching. Yes. For our listeners, there is a very clear difference between coaching and training. And, and what we're talking about is coaching right now that the folks know but aren't doing. Whereas with training, they don't know and they're not doing. So the idea here is what we're trying to do is get them to a place where, yes, do a once over for every team member when they come in. So you make sure they're in the right uniform. But we all know that some team members come in when it's busy. And how do we have the conversation? When do we have the conversation? What do we do about it? What comes first? Is it that the image is perfect, comes first, or clear the customer pizzas now, take 30 seconds and let's deal with it? And that is not a set rule. That is a case by case, person by person moment by moment decision that as a leader, you've got to be aware of 
who you're talking to about what and the situation and environment you're in. I think, Drew, that you are becoming very amazing at uh, leading me to rabbit holes because I've got two big ones I want to go to. I am your your ditch digger. Yeah, you are. You are my Elmer Fudd. Oh, my God. That's amazing. I like that. I will be I'll, I will be your Elmer Fudd. Be very, very quiet. I'm hunting wabbits. <laughs> So I want to circle back to something you just said, because I want our listeners to hear it one more time, because it was amazing. Define the difference between teaching and coaching again. Coaching, I know, but I'm not doing or not doing to expectation. I'll add that in now. And training is I don't know and I'm not doing. So I think when we're talking about coaching and, you know, you we we're going to name this episode telling ain't training, I think. In parentheses, it's going to be questioning is coaching because I'm a big believer in when you're coaching that you should be going fishing to find out what they know. And the only way that you can go fishing to find out what they know is by asking them questions. So team member walks in out of uniform. Our typical response is get in uniform. Do we take the next step and find out why they're not in uniform? Did we give them a clear full-fledged expectation about what uniform is? Or did we just make the assumption that they'll look and see everybody else and know what uniform is? And that's, that's the big thing on the coaching that I'm doing now when we talk about this observational coaching is we want to make sure that we're not simply fixing the symptoms, but we're going in and we're finding the root cause of the problem. Because if we were doctors and we, we diagnosed or misdiagnosed, we'd get sued for malpractice. If we're supervisors, if we're general managers and we misdiagnose the problem, then we get sued with more time down the road that we have to fix the same problem over and over and over again. If I may, I, I had a conversation with a supervisor about this just a couple of days ago. A supervisor goes into a store and a pizza's coming out and it didn't have enough pepperoni on it. And the supervisor tells the manager in charge, hey, Watch your pizzas, your little light on the top. For my training, if that supervisor was the dinner rush oven tender, I am perfectly happy with that feedback. Make line, we're a little off. Cool. That's that's all it's needed. But this is a supervisor, and we're trying to train and work with the manager in charge. So my coaching to the supervisor afterwards was we need that inventory of knowledge. So how can we phrase this better? And after a couple minutes, we finally got to, hey. What do you see in this pizza? Or can you tell me about this pizza? Because I need the manager in charge to tell me whether it's a grade or a remake. And if they believe it's a remake, why? And then how to fix it. Yes. And wherever they stop because they can't get that answer is where they don't know and the training kicks in. And if they do know, now it's coaching and we can talk about what they did and why they allowed themselves because they were the only person in the store to make the subpar pizza. That's that difference, right? If I'm just telling, plus, let's be honest. If I know what the answers are and you're telling me I'm wrong, it starts to build up that fight or flight mechanism, right? I stop being open to it because, man, all you do is come in here, Sam, and you just keep telling me what to do and tell me what to do and tell me what to do. And man, I know what to do. And now, now instead of it being open for training, now, now I'm in fight or flight. And so, so asking the questions and letting your, your team get to an answer where you can determine where training needs to happen or where coaching needs to happen is hugely important. And here's the rub. Training is so much easier and faster than coaching. 100%. So that bad pizza comes out of the oven and it's so easy to say, this is a remake. I need my items out to the edge, do it again. And then they do it again. What happens when you're not there? 
if we haven't taken inventory and understand what their base of knowledge is, if we don't take inventory and decide what it is I need to teach them, then we do exactly what you said, Drew. We start to create this fight or flight. We start to teach things that they already know when we need to teach something that's before that, or we need to find a way to influence them to want to do the things they know how to do instead of taking what the shortcut is. This leadership thing ain't easy. And and you know what I tell everybody in every single workshop, there's three things you need to know about leadership. You've heard me say this on the podcast. You're going to hear me say it again. It's not easy. It's not fair. And it's not for everyone. And those things, in my humble opinion, will never change. It's not easy to be a leader. It's not fair that you worked open to close yesterday and this morning's opener called off and you have to go in. But it's also, it it allows you things that other people are never going to get because you're willing to do things other people aren't willing to do. Is it hard? Gosh darn right it is. Is it fair? It never will be. Is it worth it? Only you can decide that. And that's what I say when I say it's not for everyone. For me, as I look back over my almost four decades career and think about the many hours I put in and the hard work and the tough choices I made and and on more than one occasion, the bad choices I made, for me, it was all worth it. And I'm so grateful that I've had this opportunity, but I can't tell you the listener if it's going to be worth it for you. What I can tell you is whatever you decide you want to do, if you don't give it your all, regret is far more expensive than hard work. I want to back up real quick because we talked about the training part being easier and it takes less time today. It's so much easier to just tell you how to do it and to walk away. Today. I like I, I like where you're going with this. And that's just it, right? I spend one minute to make this correction. I feel like I've accomplished something and, and my, my world is awesome. And tomorrow when I come into your store, I'm going to spend that one minute again. And then I'm going to do it again and again. And suddenly I'm on this hamster wheel and now I'm getting pissed off at you because you're not doing what I'm telling you to do because I am not training or coaching. I am just telling you what to do. It's not about telling people what to do. It's about teaching people how to think. Yes. And if I can get to a place where I'm not telling them what to do, but the team member is going, what's the right thing to do here? And then they come to me and they say, hey, this customer was complaining on the phone. So this is what I did. Fantastic. Or their option is manager line one. The big buzzword on all the social media this day is, are you an influencer? Are you an influencer? Do you have a million followers? Do you have 2 million views because you're an influencer? I love that word. And I think the very best leaders are the very best influencers. They are influencing their team to want to do the things they've taught them and coached them to do because they found what their currency is and they leverage that to get them to want to make a great pizza. And for everybody, it's different. Maybe Joe wants to make a great pizza because he takes pride in it. Maybe Bob wants to make a great pizza because he wants his sales to go up. Maybe Sue makes a great pizza because she wants ideal food. Maybe Drew makes a great pizza because he wants to be able to say, I'm the best pizza maker that ever was. The best leaders find out out what that currency is and they talk to their individual team members as if they were individuals. And then that's how you become an influencer. You can tell people how to do things. 
and expect them to do it, don't be disappointed when they don't, if you're not influencing them. You know, in one of the books we read, I I think it was Let Them Lead. You know, one of Bacon's mentors said, you can't lead people you don't know. You've got to have some sort of relationship with these folks if you want to be their coach. If you want them to be coachable, You've got to know who they are first. We've got to do a better job of that. Last episode, we talked about my inventory classes and I was doing one the other day. And uh, one of the folks in the store, our man, Don, he went right into cash flow. that if you have too much inventory, you're hurting the cash flow of the business. And so I pull him back afterwards. I'm like, hey, you're 100% right, Don. And your CSR that's 16 has no idea what cash flow is. The with them for Don is less cash flow because he's, he's a partner out here. The whiffum for the CSR has to be something different, right? So to your point, everything we do is about individualization, whether it's a training piece or the coaching piece, because everybody's different. Now, the core concept isn't different. Correct. It's how I communicate it that's different. Yes. So important. What you want to happen is what you want to happen. How you get it to happen is what we're talking about here. We've got to influence people. And, you know, I'm so glad you brought up Don. Because I've had a couple of interactions with Don where he has been coaching his team through direct correlation to his value system and what's important to him and his currency. And every time I've thrown something at him of, well, think about it from their perspective, he stops. You can see him processing it. And then he gets this big smile on his face and he's like, yeah, I can see how that works. And I think. What makes that so important and what what makes that particular point so important for our listeners, because we've said it before and I'll I'll keep saying it till the end of time. I think our listeners are probably on the high end of skills and knowledge and are on the high end of operating Domino's pizza stores. And those are the kinds of people that are always looking for the next edge. Don's a lifelong learner. If you want to be successful beyond where you're at now, you've got to continue to be a lifelong learner. Have you ever heard of Les Brown? He does these motivational talks. He's, he's all over the YouTube. I have not. My guess is you've heard him. You just didn't know who he was. But I was listening to one the other day and he was doing a speech and he said, practice makes. And he stops and, and the whole crowd says, perfect. And he says, no, practice makes progress. Because no matter where you're at, if you practice, you can get a little bit better. There's no such thing as perfection. And I think you said it on an earlier podcast. If we aim for perfection and fall short, we're still in a really great place. So practice makes progress. And for those of you that are finding your way in your leadership way, just keep practicing. And some days you're going to do it wrong and some days you're going to do it right and and find out what your leadership skills are and become the very best influencer that you can become. I didn't know where you were going with that influencer thing because a social media influencer and a store leader influencer are generally two different types of people, I believe. A little bit different. Yes. The social media influencer, look at me. The store influencer, look at you. The huge mindset change. Very much so. I am such a huge fan of this and we could probably develop an entire workshop around telling you training. Oh, wait, there's a book. There already is stuff. We're, we're not reinventing the wheel here, folks. We're just trying to help you find that path and cross that bridge. Yeah. And, you know, like I said, it was either the last episode or this. I think it was this episode. 
remember, you guys don't, you don't work for us. Listen to what we say. Use the things you like. Throw the things you don't like away. This is not the be all end all to leadership. If it was, Drew and I would be rich beyond our wildest dreams because we would be speaking in front of 16,000 people at $75,000 a day. And that's not what we're doing. But some of our stuff works and we found it be successful. I, I mean, give it a try. What's the worst thing that can happen? I did get accepted to speak in front of like 800 or 1,000 other trainers in May. Is that close? I like it. That's amazing. They're technically paying me like three grand because I get the price of the entire conference for free. Nice. Yeah, there you go. Cool. You know, take these free podcasts and listen to them and do with what you want and, you know, influence folks, become the influencer. And, you know, this observational training that we're talking about sounds so easy, but is so difficult. It's very difficult for an operator to observe especially if the ship starts to take on any water at all. You want to jump in there and help bail out the ship. I would say that when the ship's taking on water, those are the very best times to observe because you see what your crew really does in the heat of battle. So I was in a store a couple of weeks ago on a Friday night and the manager laid out the people plan and he told me Brody, who is his normal car side and carry out person was going to be on the make line for the first time on a Friday night. And I was like, is that the best use of Brody tonight? And the GM said, yes, it is. He doesn't work for me. It's his door. I say, cool. We aren't really busy, but we just get crushed. There's three of us on the line. He put me on dough. I'm okay, but I've got a very new person basically on button. And, and it was pulling teeth through a Friday rush. We get to the end of the night and I'm like, so how'd that go? And the GM's like, that did not go well. I'm like, no, that did not go well. What can we do better tomorrow? <laughs> And he's like, I'm not going to put new people on the line on Friday or Saturdays anymore. I'm like, that's a great idea. I'm a huge <laughs> fan. What else can we do? And he's like, we're going to put somebody stronger at the end of the line. Great. Fast forward 24 hours. I'm back at the store. Where do you want me, GM? Because you don't work for me. I take orders from you. And the GM's like, I want you on the button today on the end of the line. And then at five and six o'clock, we actually did double the sales on Saturday than we did on Friday with one quarter of the load time, double the sales, one quarter the load time. I could have just told him what to do. I could have stopped him Friday night and been like, no, we're not doing this. Yes. Did some customers suffer? Absolutely. Did I suffer 100%? But you got to learn sometimes through failure and you got to allow people to take that step to dive in the deep end and go, my God, it's really cold water and hop back out and go, okay, let's not do it this way. Because that's sometimes how you learn. I guarantee, Sam, when you're in that store this weekend, what happened to me doesn't happen to you. Yeah. And I can hear the immortal voice of Fred Fowser in my head right now. And, and for those of you who don't know, that's, that's my dad. And he would say, kid, if you just not do the things that I've already done wrong, you'd be successful. But every kid has to figure it out for themselves and supervisors, managers, franchisees. If the mistake your team is about to make is not brand damaging, let them make it because it's the only way they're going to get the data they need to make the, the changes they need to make. Listen, the business hasn't changed in 65 years. It just simply hasn't. The menu has changed a lot. There's a lot more technology. At the end of the day, we make food, hopefully correctly. We deliver it as fast as we can. We do it in great image and we do it with a smile on our face. And that hasn't changed. 
And running a store today is not that much different than running a store 40 years ago. So the things that that Drew and I have experienced, the mistakes that we've made, the lessons we've learned are lessons that managers of today are going to have to learn on their own sometimes. And you got to let them do it. And Sam, 20 years ago as a as a supervisor, I totally would have ended that shift and been like, well, that sucked. But today I'm just like, so how'd that go? Right. Because I need to know what they know and I need to know if if what happened there, if it was felt. Because telling ain't training, but questioning is coaching. Correct. And that's the fabulous subtitle for this. Sam, are you ready to get out of here? Because I think we've got stores and pizzas to go make. I think we do. I'm going to be using the delivery app tonight, I think. I'm supposed to hire 10 people in the next four days. That's only two and a half a day. You can do yeah. it. Yeah. I have confidence. I got this. Maybe um, you can get your guy. Oh my gosh, I'm forgetting his name now. Um, hello. Oh, Lawrence. Yeah. yeah. Maybe Lawrence yeah. can help you. Give him, a, give him a stack of flyers. Tell him there's a pizza in it for him. There you go. Because he, he takes direction well, apparently. He does very much so. All right, man. He knows what his job is. You, right. know, you know what we haven't said in many, many episodes? Is it time to crash the plane? No. Land the boat? No. You son of a gun. You just... <laughs> <laughs> Let's land this plane. It seems that I am the end speaker at episode 66. If you don't do so already, like us, follow us, subscribe, tell your friends, tell your family, buy a billboard. I don't care. Help your team members by telling them to listen to this too. This has been episode 66 of Drew and Sam Talk Training. Telling ain't training. I am Drew with Better Than Yesterday Consulting. And I am Sam saying questioning is coaching with Bowser Consulting. As always, can go out and sell more pizza. And have more fun. That's all, folks.